Hello, my friends, and welcome to the Informed Catholic Podcast. My name is Ned Jabbar, so let's open up this podcast with a prayer, please. Glory be to the Father, to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. The Apostles' Creed, I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only begotten Son, our Lord, who, by the Holy Ghost, was conceived, born of the Virgin Mary, raised, suffered unto Pontius Pilate, crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. And on the third day he arose again from the dead, and he ascended unto heaven, and is seated at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and life everlasting. Amen. Holy Mary, Mother of God, Queen of the Rosary, pray for us. St. Joseph, Guardian of the Holy Church, pray for us. St. Thomas Aquinas, pray for us. Holy Servant of God, Fulton Sheen, pray for us. St. Michael the Archangel, defend us from evil. Glory be to the Father, to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. So our reading is going to be from St. Matthew's Gospel, chapter 18, starting from verse 5. We're going to go down to verse 9. The Temptations to Sin Whoever receives one such child in my name receives me. But whoever causes one of these little ones who believes in me to sin, it would be better for him to have a great millstone fastened around his neck and to be drowned in the depths of the sea. Woe to the world for temptations to sin, for it is necessary that temptations come. But woe to the man by whom the temptations comes. And if your hand or your foot causes you to sin, cut it off and throw it from you. It is better for you to enter life maimed or lame than with two hands or two feet to be thrown into the eternal fire. And if your eye causes you to sin, pluck it out and throw it from you. It is better for you to enter life with one eye than with two eyes to be thrown into the hell of fire. The Gospel of the Lord prays to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Welcome back to the Informed Catholic, folks. Uh, it's been a while. Uh, sorry about that. But uh, we really have a serious crisis in the church, and it's the crisis of lack of holiness. I truly believe that the problem within the church is people are not praying. People keep complaining about the problems. People keep uh, talking about what the Pope is doing, what the Pope is not doing, what the Pope is doing wrong. But uh, I was talking to a friend of mine uh, who I hope one day I'll have on the show. And we were talking about the problems going on within the church. And, you know, Our Lady in Fatima, when she appeared to the three children, um, she told them, she gave them a message to give to the world. And the message was to pray the rosary so that 
the sins of the world can avoid certain sins so that people can be saved, so that people can can convert. She told them that if the world prays the rosary, we could avoid another war. It was a call to sanctity, a call to holiness. Unfortunately, we went into World War II and the eras of Russia, it was communism and Marxism did spread and we're still suffering from those eras. I mean, the Soviet Union is gone, but the eras of Russia have continued. A lot of people want socialism. Now we are living in the world now where transgenderism, uh, homosexuality and abortion. And now the eras of Russia have invaded the church. We have bishops like Bishop Malkaroy of San Diego, who during the last bishops conference, the USCCB spoke up and said that abortion is not the main important thing for us Catholics, for the church. He actually even put the environment and other social justice ahead of it. So the lives of the unborn who are aborted are not important to him. And he, you know, he and many of the other guys are very progressive. They want to spread, they want to focus on social justice. And then we have bishops who are covering up sex scandals. We have many priests who don't pray the liturgy of the hours, who don't pray the divine office. But we also have a lot, a lot of us, a lot of us lay people do not pray. We don't fast. We don't practice penance. We don't, uh, we probably don't even fulfill the, uh, the, the message of Fatima, which is the first Fridays and first Saturdays of every month. We don't do it. If we actually practice holiness, practice penance, practice sanctity, we probably will see a lot of, a lot of the blessings and graces that Our Lady promised. Which is it better? I mean, to, to keep complaining or practice holiness, prayer. I myself took upon myself to say the divine office and I do pray the rosary. We're going to talk about the need to be holy and to pray. And it's important. Now, we're not required to say the divine office. You're probably going to wonder what is the divine office? Well, the church from the beginning adopted from Judaism um, certain prayers, like to say the Psalms. Uh, actually, some say it even goes back to the the prophet Daniel because when the Jewish people, here's the thing, it goes back to after the Israelites lost the temple in Jerusalem and they were taken off to Babylon. The Jewish people now had no temple for the first time in their lives. The very thing, the dwelling place of God, which he warned them it would be taken away from them if they did not repent of their sins. And for many, time, many years, 70 years, 
which is why they were exiled for 70 years, because they failed to be holy. He, you know, he made his covenant with them. He made his dwelling place with them. You know, the dwelling place originally was the portable tabernacle, the portable temple, which was done under Moses. Then they settled on the land and for a long time, they didn't have a temple. Uh, it was supposed to be built by David, but David had too much blood on his hands and he was also a man who committed a lot of, a lot of sins. And even though he, the rest of his life was an act of penance, his son Solomon would be the one who would build the temple. And he did. He built the temple. And it was the dwelling place of the Holy One, God, the, the great I Am. And after Solomon, unfortunately, the Israelites fell into sins. They fell into a lot of sins. They, they really, uh, paganism and up to the point where they were actually began sacrificing. This is very interesting. Their children to the Phoenician god Bel or Morlock, I believe it was. But anyway, they sacrificed their babies and they committed many horrible sins. We see this throughout the book of Kings. Elijah, the great reformer, he challenged the, the priest of Baal. And um, unfortunately, the Israelites, it just got worse. It got even worse with them. And so, then the days of Jeremiah and Isaiah, the temple was destroyed. And they were carried off to Babylon. Um. This lasted, this of course, the 70 years was because the 70 years that they did not practice the, um, the, the Sabbath year, every, every Sabbath year, um, there was supposed to be a time where they would, uh, let the land rest and they would let the slave people who were in debt become debt free. You know, that part where you would, um, you would be in bankruptcy for seven years. That came from the Bible, believe it or not. And so what happened was they failed to practice that, um, that sort of like Sabbath year. And so the temple was destroyed and they were taken off to Babylon for 70 years. This was in time when they were in Babylon and Persia under Daniel and, uh, the time would be under Ezra and Nehemiah. This is what the, under Ezra and Nehemiah, if you read the scriptures, that would be the, during the same time that the book of Esther would take place. So they, um, they wound up uh, finding themselves without a temple. And so they had to learn for the first time how to be holy. In the book of first book of Kings, there's a story, there's a passage where King Saul, the first king of Israel, uh, found himself uh, in a in a very bad predicament. He waited for the prophet Samuel. He was waiting for the prophet Samuel to arrive to make a sacrifice to the Lord. Samuel delayed. Saul got impatient and performed the sacrifice on his own because his men were impatient because they wanted to go off the war. Samuel arrived and Samuel uh, rebuked Saul for performing the sacrifice without him. And Sam, uh, Saul said, 
Well, the men were impatient and you were delayed. And I decided to perform the sacrifice. And what happened was Samuel said to Saul, you took it upon yourself to perform a sacrifice without me. He said, wouldn't it have been better to be obedient? Isn't obedience better than sacrifice? You see, obedience better than sacrifice. Most likely him and his men, what they should have done was pray. Instead of grumbling and, and, and complaining and whining, maybe they should have just prayed. You know, but they were so eager for the sacrifice so they can go off to war. And then, of course, uh, Samuel then said to him, what is this sound of, of goats and cows I, I'm hearing? Where is this coming from? And he said that, and Saul responded, well, the men, um, the men kept some of the cattle and sheep for themselves from the enemy. And Samuel said, well, weren't you given the orders to destroy everything, even the property of the enemy? Wasn't it better for you to, weren't you commanded to destroy everything? Instead, you decided to, to pillage and plunder. The idea was not to have anything from the enemy, not even slaves or servants, but the men kept slaves and servants. And Saul did this because Saul felt that the uh, it was better relations between him and the people. In other words, he became a compromising politician like our Catholic politicians do. Instead of being obedient to the faith, they compromised. And that was the fall of Saul. In the story, if you remember, uh, I'll read it to you another time. He grabbed hold of Samuel's uh, skirt or robe and the robe torn off. And Samuel told him, this is the sign that the Lord has rebuked you, has cut you off. The, the Lord has found himself another man to replace you. And the Lord will give him your place, your crown. And he will be the man after the Lord's own heart. So um, that's something we need to understand. We need to be holy, to be obedient to God, not not to make compromises. That's why our priests and our bishops, they have become greedy men. They look for the popularity, they look for the, the popularity and, and fame of politicians. They look after money. Did you hear they just raised the church tax by 3%? That means every parish now has to pay a 15% um, parish tax send it to to the bishops because a lot of people are not giving giving donations now and because a lot of catholics are starting to get wise and see how the bishops waste their money and give their money to uh social justice groups and pay the money to victims that they've been covering up so even the vatican has felt the shortage of money but instead of trying to solve the evils within the church, within the parishes, within the priesthood, they decide just to raise t church tax money. It's, it's just, it's sad. It's ridiculous. So let's stop for a moment and I'll be back. So last year in 2019, 
Bishop McElroy during the, he's of the bishop, the Archbishop of San Diego, went around, uh, he told the bishops, I'm sorry, he told the bishops that abortion was not the most important topic or issue, that it was the environment and other social justice issues. So he basically decided that the future of the church to have new generation of Catholics and the sacrifice of babies to people's personal liberty and freedom was not an important issue. So <clears throat> the death of the unborn was not important, but he's for same-sex marriage. He's for homosexuality in the priesthood. He's for female priests and uh, the, the unborn, who cares? I mean... This is this is it, and yet, <clears throat> think about it. I was listening to John Henry Weston, and John Henry Weston, uh, when the Pope spoke up in 2013 when he got elected, he sounded like he was for he was all against abortion. And he talks about that it's pre it won't be it won't stop being preached from every pulpit. The only problem is, when did you ever hear abortion mentioned from the pulpit? When did anyone ever hear the condemnation of abortion from the pulpit? When did you ever hear a, a priest or bishop or anyone even mention the church, the, the, the church is still against contraception, that humani vitae still, is still something important, that, you know, the, that, was, that was never preached. No one has ever heard it. No one has ever heard this being preached. I mean, did you ever hear about Quebec, Canada? When that, when Humani Vita came out during the 1960s, around middle 60s, the Quebecians, the bishops of Quebec, went against the, the Pope and allowed Catholics in Quebec, Canada to practice abortion, to practice contraception. And look what happened. The population's down. A lot of churches have closed up. And become gyms, have become uh, health clubs, have become um, nightclubs. Has have, have been church property has been sold because there was no future Catholics. There you go. This is the result when bishops and priests turned the clergy turned against church teaching. They killed their own future. You can go to you can go to Quebec, Canada, and what you think used to be a church is now a nightclub or a health spa. You know, or or a place where you know they who knows what they do there. That's what the, that's what you see, and this is the problem with with the church. We do not have holy shepherds because they do not pray. So you you my friends have to pray. You have to pray the rosary. You have to be holy. We all have to be holy. The call to holiness is now important for us. According to canon law, just in case you get someone who tells you that we're not, you know, that this is not what we're called to do. Canon law 2.12 verse 3. The lay faithful have a right and a duty with knowledge and competence on matters which concern the good, the
the goodness and holiness of the church, but still with respect to the pastors. There you go. We, as long you don't have to listen to other people who tell you that certain matters don't concern us. The well-being of the church, the future of the church concern us. I'll give you an example. People often just complain and complain. Remember I mentioned that at the beginning of this, of this in, uh, episode. We complain about certain matters, certain issues, and, but nothing ever gets done. When Pope Benedict got elected, people thought things will get done. And lo and behold, none of that happened. And the reason why is, is because evil grows and prevails because the lack of holiness and sanctity among people like us. We, the lay Catholics, Fulton Sheen even said it himself. The venerable Fulton Sheen said that we are the ones that have to save the church. We can be holy. Our faith is not dependent on these men. These men will get judged. Don't worry about them. Okay, and Judgment Day is going to be a long line of people. You know, the Lord's judgment will come to the rest of us. But we, we have to be, we have to be prepared. We have to take action. The church is our home. God will judge us just as much as he will judge them on the lack of holiness. We have to be holy. Remember what our Lord said in the beginning of the Sermon on the Mountain. I'm going to read it to you. So it's from Matthew chapter 5, starting from verse 33. You have heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you so that you may be sons of your father who is in heaven. For he makes the sun rise on the evil and on the good and sends rain on the just and the unjust. For you, you, love, those who, what, uh, if you love those who love you, what reward have you? Do not even the tax collectors do the same? And if you salute only your brethren, what more are you doing than others? Do not even the Gentiles do the same? You therefore must be perfect as your heavenly father is perfect. That's a pretty tall order. We must be holy. Holy perfection means holy. And we can complain day and night about what's going on in the church, what the Pope is doing and what the Pope is not doing. Let me give you the key how that should not bother you. How you could let you could stop that from bothering you. Pray. I'm serious. I'm being very serious here. Pray. Read the scriptures. Pray the rosary. You need to pray. I started, like I told you, I'm praying the rosary. What I try to do every day is I try to pray the rosary first. Therefore, um, by praying the rosary, just in case I can't do anything else, let's say if I can't say the morning, uh, morning prayer, of the uh, Liturgy of the Hours, then at least I prayed the rosary. Because I'm not a priest. I don't have 
I, I don't have, the, I don't, I guess you could say even priests can be busy, but let's just say this. I'm, I'm a regular person like you. I'm an ordinary lay person and I do have other responsibilities. And, you know, my job, my job, unfortunately, takes a lot out of me. It's, a, I deal a lot with the public. And so I'm exhausted. And sometimes, I hate to say this, when I go on break, I often don't get the privacy I need because often a friend wants to talk to me and there's a lot of distractions, you know, uh, because where I go on break, so does everybody else go on break and they're there. And sometimes I'm, you know, I'm actually forced to pay attention to some people when they're talking to me and I can't ignore them. So it's hard to find a private spot to say a, a, a prayer. I'm lucky if I do one day, you know, on a break. But you see, the point I'm trying to say is, is that we have to pray. When you pray, all the other stuff that's happening won't matter to you. Won't matter to you at all. But we have to try to pick up where they refuse to. Our bishops and our priests and our, I hate to say it, our, even the highest up to the Pope don't pray. They have given up believing in supernatural grace. What, you know, prayer is like the way I look at it. You know how you have to charge your phone or charge your tablet. We have to plug the cord. I guess you can say lack of a better word through the divine socket and get that grace, get that recharge. That's what prayer is. Prayer is a recharge. You have to charge yourself up. You have to fill that battery that in your soul with grace. And that's what we have to do. We have to be perfect as our Heavenly Father is perfect. You know, um, that's the whole thing. That's what's called for. We need divine grace. We need the sacraments. We need to be holy. If the shepherds refuse to be holy, then we must be holy. So pray, you know, you don't, we, not all of us can, you know, do the divine office. You can get a shorter book of Christian prayer or just read the scriptures. Just read the scriptures, read the scriptures, make a habit, develop your own habit, you know, put, make your own daily habit of how you, how you pray or how you wish to pray. Just pray, read the scriptures. There's a tons of ways we have to be holy, but we should pray the rosary because our lady, the blessed mother has asked us to pray the rosary. So please pray the rosary and pray every day. Pray for the church, pray for the Pope. Yes, pray for Pope Francis, pray for him. You know, unfortunately, there's another man He's dead now. His name was Cardinal Joffrey Deniels. And this is this is this shows you how bad things got in our in our, in our church. All right. He back in 1990 convinced the king of Belgium to legalize abortion. It wasn't legal. He pushed him. And then he convinced the king of Belgium again to legalize same-sex marriage. Cardinal Joffrey Deniels went around with a rainbow flag on him, a sim I think in the star. You see what I'm trying to say, tell you? 
This is this is the kind of men. These men, these are the men. And he was also part of the St. Gallen Mafia, the same group of cardinals that helped, along with McCarrick, to elect Pope Francis. And then here's something to convince that, that will show you how bad he was. There was a young man who was sexually abused by a priest who happened to be his uncle. This is in Belgium. And I believe it was in Belgium. Doesn't matter where, but that's what happened. Just same young man. He audio recorded Cardinal Joffrey Daniels during this conversation. That he was going to go out and he was going to expose this priest. Cardinal Joffrey Daniels tried to convince him not to do it. Why? Because the, this man, who is a close friend of Cardinal Joffrey Daniels, actually told him that he would destroy the man. The man's about to retire. But he also told the victim, he put the blame on the victim and said, you should look at yourself. I mean, think about it. This guy, this poor guy got sexually abused by this priest who happens to be his uncle. And he's turning, he's using psychological, just, uh, you know, reverse psychology to try to put the guilt on the young man. This is, this is the kind of men that Pope Francis decided to, sound, to surround himself with. It's amazing and it's sad. It's terribly sad. It's terribly cruel things. These men are not holy. These men are men of the world. They're materialist men. And because they need money, they need money so they can perform their perverted sins. Let's end it here with an Our Father. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not in temptation, but deliver us from evil. Just pray, pray. These men, there's nothing we can do about them. What anything we say is not going to help. We need to pray. Pray that the Holy Spirit can change things. Only God can change. This is Christ's church. It doesn't belong to them. It doesn't belong to them. It belongs to our Lord. It belongs to our Savior. These men, they'll die. Death comes to us all, the great and the small. There's no way we can escape it, but we have to prepare how judgment's going to come to us when we die. They, we may escape justice in this world, but we will not escape justice of our Lord Jesus Christ. All right, pray, pray, pray. God bless you all. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Amen.